You're listening to Your Woo Woo Best Friend, a no BS approach to wellness, spirituality, manifestation, and all things mystical. Hello, my friend. This is Andy of the podcast, Your Woo Woo Best Friend. Thank you for joining me today. If it is your first time here, welcome to our show. We spend lots of time supporting you on the show in finding approaches to attainable transformation. I am interested in starting this episode today by sharing something that I came across recently this past weekend, actually in the New York Times Sunday edition. And here's what it is. I was reading this article. It was like maybe the cover page of the... Hmm. The art and culture section. I think it was, I would think it was that section. It was an article about Octavia Butler. And if you are not familiar with Octavia Butler, she's a science fiction writer. She most certainly forged a, just an incredible path for herself in her lifetime. She was a, an award-winning science fiction author, a feminist, a black woman. And and as I was reading this article this past weekend, 16 years after her death, she is experiencing quite a renaissance. There's a long list of accomplishments that she's currently experiencing, and I hope in whatever post-human existence she is living in presently, she is getting to still witness what magic she's created. Here's a couple of the things that's, that are going on for her. She has five adaptations of her fiction currently in various stages of film and TV development, and those projects are being produced by people ranging from Issa Rae to J.J. Abrams. In the early moments of the pandemic in 2020, one of her novels from 1993, The Parable of the Sower, hit the New York Times bestseller list. That was a first for her and certainly something that she didn't get to see come to fruition in her lifetime. And I think there's a lesson in doing the work Creating from a place of passion, of deep alignment, of connection to truth, and then knowing that however you are rewarded for that work will be what you need in this lifetime. So here's why I'm sharing this story of Olivia Butler with you all. So in this article, which I will certainly share in the show notes, there is an excerpt from her personal journals. And a part of what made her so beloved is the way she envisioned the future and truly encouraged herself to keep going despite very serious obstacles. She was the daughter of a shoe shiner and a maid. She was a black woman at a time in which the possibility of achieving what she has achieved seemed very, very bleak, seemed very unlikely. She recorded in her journals her manifestation, aspirations. So this is what really struck me when coming across this article this weekend. I immediately tore this out of the paper, this excerpt, and hung it up in my office, and I want to share it with you. This was written in her personal journal, and it says this, I will buy a beautiful home in an excellent neighborhood. I will help poor black youngsters broaden their horizons. I will travel wherever 
and whenever in the world that I choose. My books will be read by millions of people. So be it, see to it. So be it, see to it. Did she achieve all of those things in her lifetime? Yes. Did she buy a beautiful home in an excellent neighborhood? Yes. Did she help poor black youngsters broaden their horizons? Definitely. Has she traveled extensively, likely wherever and whenever she wanted to? Absolutely. Are her books read by millions? Absolutely. So be it. See to it. She had incredible discipline around what she considered to be of great importance to her. And this really inspired me to think about what does real impact look like? She did not write on this list. My book will be optioned into five different TV shows and movies, or I will be on the New York Times bestseller list. Maybe she didn't believe those things to be possible at that time, or maybe that isn't the impact that mattered to her. Either way, I hope she can see wherever she is sitting today that what she incarnated on this planet to do has been achieved. It's been achieved. So this inspired me to think about my own impact and the things that are important to me right now. What do I want to have on my list of so be it, see to it? I went to a manifestation class with one of our former podcast guests, Jaleesa Cypress, a couple days ago. And in that workshop, which by the way, I love teaching manifestation workshops. I equally love going to manifestation workshops and having that moment to be outside of my own work and step into the role of student and practice alongside other people interested in cultivating a deeper connection to their manifestation mindset. So in Jaleesa's class, we were given the assignment to write down one thing that we hope to achieve in 2023. I, being the super achiever that I am, wrote down five things. And I'll share with you, I don't know, I'll share with you a couple of them. Some of them feel quite personal. And a part of this also is an interesting practice. When we are a little bit nervous to share our manifestations and what we believe to be possible out loud... Notice that there's a little bit of subconscious stuff going on that says this is not really for you. So as I say that I'm going to share these with you, I quickly scanned the list and was like, mm, which ones am I not so sure about? So maybe I should just share all five. What do you think? Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to share all five. This is how we begin to declare what we believe to be true and possible for our lives. Okay, so here's the first one. I have a blessed family. We move through the world with ease. That's the first one. I have a million dollars in the bank by the end of 2024. And I'm not talking about my business bank. I'm talking about my personal bank account. Okay, that's number two. Number three, I have a show that makes a difference in how people experience the world. We're here, we're doing this show. I hope it's making a difference in how people experience the world and continues to grow and gets a larger audience and has a bigger connection. So that's number three. All right, number four, I have an incredibly successful product line with a cult-like following making an impact in the world. I am getting ready to launch a beauty brand in 2023. I 
am a little nervous to even share that here because this is not how you're supposed to launch things like that. But you guys are my people. This is like inner circle stuff. We are very much in the throes of putting that brand together. Here's what's really scary about this, by the way. I mean, who doesn't have a skincare line right now? Brad Pitt has a skincare line right now. As I was doing the um, episode last week with Harry Styles' birth chart, I'm telling you all about how his birth chart says that he's a person that needs to truly be seeking pleasure. I didn't even realize he had launched a beauty brand called Pleasing. It's like all over his birth chart. And then I take a look at some of the things that he's up to. And I'm like, oh, well, of course, he's got a He's got a beauty line called Pleasing. He is like the ultimate man of pleasure. So anyways, I digress. All of these celeb folks are launching these lines because, hey, they can slap their name on something. Not saying either of those gentlemen are doing that, but they can put their name on something and it's likely to go really, really well. I, on the other hand, have this small community, but I do have a background in the beauty industry and I truly believe in what we're creating and the products that we are making. So here we go. That's number four. I have an incredibly successful product line that people really fucking love. Okay, that's number four. Number five, I have a beach house on a beautiful coast. I don't know which coast. Universe, I am open to you delivering whatever coast is right for me. I obviously love California. I'd love that beach house to be here where I live presently, but hey, maybe there's something else for me. Maybe there's like some Baja California house or something in the southern coast of Spain. And I just visit there a couple times a year and write books and make art and listen to Ben make music. And that would be beautiful and perfect. And our family runs around the yard and goes down and swims by the ocean. See, I can feel it. I'm envisioning it. It could be our reality. So there are the five manifestations that I brought into Jaleesa's class. If this to you was like, yeah, Andy, share this with me. Know that for me, that was kind of scary just to say to say those things. The second step that Jaleesa took us through that I really loved was this process of looking at each of our manifestations that we wrote about and then envisioning someone who has done something like this. Now, certainly in our lives, there are going to be manifestations in which you are completely a trailblazer and you cannot see someone else out there. There isn't an expander that you can bring to mind that's done this thing. However, most of the time, there is going to be someone out there that has done this thing. And the thing is not that unheard of or complicated. It just feels out of reach for you in the moment until you step further into the shoes of the person who has done the thing. So I ran down that list, blessed family, product line, million dollars in the bank, beach house, show making an impact in the world. And I made a list of people that I see that have done these things or have achieved these things. Then I looked at, okay, what traits do I have that these people also have? And what do they maybe know that I don't yet know that may be interesting for me to explore in 2024? Then I got really specific. Then I really dove into what do each of these things feel like? So then I started to take 
take an inventory of each of these things. So with my incredibly successful product line, what does that look like? Okay, well, there's going to be an office and there's this team and we win awards like Allure Best Beauty Awards. We are acknowledged for the sustainability efforts that we make and for the clean ingredients that we include in our products. And I have opportunities to speak on panels and on stages about what it's been like to create a product line and a company that I'm really, really proud of. So you see how this process works. We continue to get more granular. We hold the vision. We get really focused on what it is that we want. When we notice that we're a little bit afraid to share it or declare it, we check in to see where subconsciously we are still holding on to some things that would perhaps be blocking us from really going for it. And that is how we begin to manifest our dreams for the future in a way that feels really easeful. This should not feel ever like it's something that you're having to really like scratch your way to the top to get it. This should feel like there's a lot of flow. There's a lot of love. Things come to me with ease. And I love this, Olivia Butler, so be it, see to it, and then letting it go, stating it with intention, and then letting it go. So that is going to be my practice as I go into this month ahead, this month of December. I am very committed to spending this month of December doing the work, getting really grounded in my practices so that as soon as the calendar turns for January 1, I'm already on it. I'm not like now starting to think about what it is that I want to create for the year ahead. And I encourage you to do the same thing. Everyone around you benefits when you are showing up as your best self, living a life of your design. So really consider what is it that you want to commit to? What do you need to do to invest in the future that you want to create for yourself? We've all heard the saying that you're the combination of the five people that you spend the most time with. And the reality is it's true. There's actually psychology and science behind this phenomenon. So how do we become the most magnetic person in the room? How do we feel lit up from the inside out? How do we manifest the dreams that we wish to achieve with ease? One of the things that we do is we get into the room with other people who are doing the damn thing. Other people that we see creating what it, what it is that we want to create. What I know for sure is that our friends, and I'm using friends with air quotes, those people are our future. It doesn't mean that you have to truly know these people personally. This does mean that you need to consider and really curate what it is you're looking at on social media. Are you looking at things that are inspiring you or that are mindless and numbing and doom scrolly and creating jealousy or envy or comparison in you? If that's what's happening, that is not, that is not what you need to be looking at. Make that change right away. Replace what you're looking at with something that is inspiring you. Consider what you're watching, what you're reading, what podcasts you're listening to. You're here. So that's a really good place to start. And then what rooms you can put yourself in, whether it's digital rooms, virtual rooms, or real life rooms. We just launched the Lifestyle Edit inside of WeWe Studio. I'll tell you a little bit about that a little further on in the show. That would be a really excellent place to come and spend some time with other people on a growth trajectory. So start imagining the people you want in your crew and start putting yourself in the room with these people. And then once you do that, simultaneously start to make your vision board of what you want your future to look like for 2023. Start in December. 
We do have another session of Manifestation Blueprint open right now. We opened it for Black Friday. It's getting ready to close again, and then it won't be available again until January. So go ahead and take that class. Make your vision board now. Focus on one task and one mission at a time. I shared five of the things that I'm calling into my life with you. I can't focus on all five every single day at all times. So I'm picking something to focus on on any given day that will get me closer to achieving each of those goals. Rebrand your life and show up as your elevated self. And sometimes that means just getting up, getting dressed, doing some self-care practices for yourself in the morning and showing up for you first and foremost, so that when you go out into the world, you feel like your most elevated self. Apply for that job or internship that you've been considering that you didn't think you were quite ready for. What's the worst that could happen? Let's go for it. Negotiate a better salary, learn a new skill or language, consider your long-term investments, write a business plan, write your New Year's resolution list, but focus on clear and definite goals that don't just happen in January. Start that now and make it a monthly practice. Rather than it being a New Year's resolution list, how about a monthly vision list? And as we close out this year of 2022, entering into this month of 1222, tune into the frequency of this magical number two. The number two is influenced by lunar energies. It represents grace, intuition, psychic abilities, and emotional harmony, and of course, the divine feminine. So really consider how you can do some work to tune in and tap deeply into your own inner divinity. Cleanse your space listen to mantras, visualize shields of protective light when you go into stressful holiday environments, practice cord cutting rituals if you need to, brew teas with protective herbs like chamomile and lavender and fennel, take really luxurious baths, Notice where you're losing energy and how you are replenishing it. I hope this mini manifestation lesson has been helpful to you today. I am certainly intending to make so be it, see to it, one of my mantras for 2023. So let's let's do this together, shall we? I have a show guest today. I'm excited for you to meet her. And the reason I wanted to have her on the show at this particular time is to be honest, she is a very real girl, just like you and I. She was on a trajectory up the corporate ladder. She had received an MBA. She was living a life that to the outside world looked really good, like nothing would need to change. And yet to her, she wasn't making the impact that she knew she's here on this planet to make. That life purpose of why she's incarnated on this planet was not being fulfilled. And so what did she do? She took a massive leap of faith and really restructured her life. My guest is Leah Party. She's the host of the Bare Naked Soul podcast. The other reason I wanted to bring Leah on the show is she has a variety of really beautiful offerings at very fair price points, including an anxiety release workshop that's a pay what you can workshop. I love seeing things like this. I think this type of wellness needs to be accessible to more people. That's what we hope to do at WeWe Studio, and I see Leah doing it too. So let's get into the conversation. Meet Leah Party. Hey, Leah. Welcome to the show. 
Hi, thank you for having me. Super excited to be yeah, here. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to our conversation. We had an opportunity to chat a little ways back on your show, which I just love. It's so special. And I love just the the confidence that you help people to find through the messages that you share. It's really so special and beautiful and vulnerable and all the good things. So let's get into it. So I want to go back to, I suppose this was now like four or five years ago, 2018, you were climbing the corporate ladder. You had just purchased your home with your husband. You had received your MBA, you were doing a lot of things that looked very successful from the outside, and yet you weren't really feeling it inside. So what happened next, my friend? Yeah, oh my gosh. So yeah, I was I was only, I don't know, 25, 26, doing all the things. Um, yeah, a successful, a successful image, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of anxiety. You know, I remember, I remember I would like leave my boss's office and I would have like the prickly painful anxiety in my chest. I had a lot of shoulder pain and neck pain. And I just thought, you know, this is the way that life has to be. This is this the way that it is. Everyone mm-hmm. has anxiety, right? Everyone's depressed, whatever. And so I was, I wasn't super happy, but I didn't know. I didn't know that something else existed because you only know what you see in your reality. And I wasn't seeing a reality filled with people who were doing anything differently, right? Oh, yeah. So it wasn't until I stumbled into the world of, you know, the spiritual stuff. I I stumbled upon the book, The Secret. That was kind of the gateway drug. Such Um, a good gateway drug. Such a good one. And right after that, actually, another gateway drug was the documentary Heal. Have you seen that one? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I think it's on Netflix and maybe Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyone who's listening needs to definitely watch that. But yeah, so I was starting to see that there was this whole other community of people who were using their minds to create a different reality. And I was like, wow, you know, um, started listening to podcasts, right, and diving headfirst into this. And I, it very quickly changed my life. You know, I started meditating every morning, just five minutes. I started journaling every day and very quickly just noticed I had less anxiety. I was cultivating happiness from within, which I had never known before. I had only known happiness from external things. Yeah. External things happening, things going my way, right? Uh, So yeah, everything totally changed at that time. And my health improved. You know, now I just turned 30 and people say to me, oh, well, you're going to have aches and pains. And I'm like, no, like I used to have aches and pains and I don't anymore. (laughs) I had those when I was like 24, 25, because I was just hustling and and stress and didn't, didn't, didn't prioritize things like sleep. So, so yeah, everything changed really, really quickly. And then I, you know, became a life coach, started a podcast, um, started hosting retreats and teaching breath work and doing all the things that I do now. And my life just completely did a whole 180. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's a, that's a major, it's a major shift going from living in the world of corporate and doing things like getting an MBA to becoming a breathwork and a retreat, a breathwork teacher and a retreat leader. Those are like, that's no small leap. What were some of the small steps that you took to begin to shift into this new reality? I mean, meditation was kind of a small step. That was one of the first things. And I, 
I started really small. I may, I may have actually started with three minutes a day. I, mm-hmm. I started really, really small, something that would just be so bite-sized and so easy that I could convince myself to do every morning. Um, so it doesn't have to be anything crazy. I noticed when I started journaling, I would just write down my limiting beliefs. Well, at the time, I didn't really know they were limiting beliefs, right? But I would write sure. down the negative thoughts that were going through my mind. And I would just say, well, is this really true? Is this a fact? Could there be another way that this could be? Um, and that those, each one of those little small shifts, every time I journal, if those like little tiny shifts where I'd say, huh, I could see this from a different perspective, you know? So those were, those were the biggest things for me back then, as well as just choosing, choosing a new perspective. One of the first things I did was I realized I had a lot of road rage and I was like, wow, this is a choice. Ooh, interesting. Like, I do not have to, <laughs> I don't have to be so angry and be wreaking havoc on my nervous system every time I get in the car when my my road rage isn't doing anything, right? There's, I'm not going to change the way that other drivers are driving in their cars. So maybe I can choose to see this differently. So I did a lot of that, just shifting little things. How could I see this a little bit differently? And how could I just slowly train my brain to look on the bright side, essentially, to be able to look for the positive versus always looking for the negative. Yeah. And there's there's some ways that we can start to become objective to that. We start to step outside of ourselves. And I, I know that Untethered Soul is a book that was important to you and that you've read. And, and there's ways that we can start to do that, become objective and really look at, okay, how am I feeling right now? What is influencing the way I'm feeling right now? What are the stories I'm telling myself? And when we start to have that objectivity, which is what you found in the journaling practice, we can then start to make small shifts become profound shifts. But it starts with exactly what you're talking about. It's like I sat down and got quiet for three minutes a day. I journaled about my feelings. I noticed when my vibrational experience was out of whack when I was like having road rage and not feeling good and what that was about. And then you can really start to change your life moment by moment. Yeah. Yeah. Something else that I loved about the untethered soul. I think that was my first introduction to, to a, a, a simple practice of observing how we feel and just mm-hmm. letting ourselves feel how we feel. I mean, it's, it's something in our society. There is so much shame around emotions, you know, and, and especially with men, men tend to be brought up even more so where they're so afraid of emotions, afraid of their own emotions, afraid of other people's emotions. Women are crazy if they have emotions, right? Like, wow. And so in that book, I f- it was the first time I learned to, to really, when I was having anxiety or when I was upset, just to really let myself just feel it. And release it that way. And that totally changed my life. That was another awakening point to realize, oh, my feelings are trying to escape my body because I've bottled them up there for my entire life. And I don't have to be afraid of them. It's okay to have anxiety. It's okay to have anger. It's okay to have these reactions. But can I just observe it without having a story and Mm -hmm. attach myself to the story around it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so powerful to start to do that. And I I was reading actually this morning in the New York Times, there was an article that came out that said that a panel of medical experts has recommended to all doctors in Western medicine that all human beings under the age of 65 start being screened for anxiety, that it is so common and so 
so normal at this point for us to be feeling deep levels of anxiety, just living through the human experience, that it's considered something that is quite the epidemic in the field of medicine. And I think for a lot of folks like you that are doing this type of work, there was a moment when you noticed that, yep, anxiety is now taking over my body. I'm feeling it in ways that I should I should not have to feel. And I don't have to live this way, but it has been so normalized that we often just move through our days and move through our lives thinking it is normal. And how much power is there in starting to realize that I'm a human being, I'm going to feel this way, and it's okay to feel this way. And I now have practices to start to take care of myself in a different way. What are some of the daily practices that you do today? Breathwork has become one that's really important in your life. And I also want you to talk about breathwork and aging, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, But I would love to hear about your breathwork practice and any of the other morning rituals that you do now. Yeah, I'm really big on a morning routine. I absolutely love it. And the reason why I think it's so important is because when you start your day and you set yourself up to feel good, then you can be more aware when you start to have negative thoughts, mm-hmm. negative feelings, um, derailing your manifestations and your goals in your life. And you can notice the anxiety more, right? Whereas if you just kind of roll out of bed in the morning and you're just rush, rush, rush to get out of the house or whatever you're doing, you're not going to be at, at this level where then you can be aware of, oh, wait, something's made me shift. Something's happening here, right? You can maintain a, a better overall vibe of what you want to be attracting. So um, I love to, I usually read first thing in the morning, mm. maybe do a little journaling. Um, I do breath work and then I sometimes either go for a walk or do yoga or go to the gym. Usually I do one of those things. So it's not always the exact same thing. It's not necessarily yeah. like rituals that are the same every day, but I know that every day I just feel so much better when I wake up and I put myself in the right headspace and I do the breathing and the the centering that I need so that I can feel good. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? It's like all the things we're talking about, all the things that we're that you and I teach is all just about like, how can we feel good? Yeah, because that is ultimately the big life goal is how do we just feel yeah. more joy? How do we feel more passion? How do we feel more love? How do we how do we just live in a way that is human, but is also at this like higher, higher level of experience of what this beautiful world has to offer us. So important. Yeah, exactly. And everything that we want, it's just we want it so we can feel a certain way. You know, it's it's all about that. So I think it's really important to be able to be on top of your your emotional state and then be able to notice, wait a minute, I'm feeling really sad about something right now, or I'm feeling really angry. Like let's let's give this the space it needs. But starting off the morning with a routine just really helps to ground you and get you in a place where you feel good. Yeah, so good. I want you to talk a little bit about having the awareness that you were on this quest for perfection, how you noticed that, and then how you started to release that. Yeah. So when I was working in corporate, I definitely would have called myself a perfectionist, but it would have been like a good thing. You know, like, do you remember being told for job interviews when they ask what your biggest weakness is and you say you're a perfectionist? Oh, yeah. That way they know you you're and me perfect. Both. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, that was, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I knew that I knew that I was 
but I, I didn't, I wouldn't have said I was struggling with it. I wouldn't have even sure. known it was something that you struggle with because I was obsessed with perfection. I was obsessed with being perfect. And I gained, you know, there was like an egoic gain with, with this attempt to be perfect with every mm-hmm. time I like win an award on my sales team or whatever. So it was like an obsession with being perfect, but I didn't realize it was a struggle until probably when I was starting to build my, my online business because I was starting to realize, okay, here I, I was learning, okay, these are the limiting beliefs I have. I need to work through these and release them so that I can then believe in myself more with each step of the way in my business. And so that's how I was being taught. And um, I was realizing perfectionism was holding me back a lot. Didn't want to release content unless it seemed perfect. Was afraid I wouldn't be perfect enough for this or that. And, and I was starting to launch my podcast and I was like holding back and holding back and realized, oh, I'm just afraid. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. I have all these excuses about why the timing's not right, but I'm really just afraid. Why is that? Well, it's, it's root, like for me, it was rooted in the perfectionism. So that's when I really started to realize that this was something that was holding me back from the ultimate joy in life, the, you know, the success too, and, and everything else. So it was a process. Um, a book I really liked along the journey was the, I think I have it on my shelf, Perfection Detox. I think it's something simple like that. And that That's sounds a really like a good, good one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Really good one. And it, it kind of, the journey to releasing perfectionism for me was very similar to the journey of doing just about anything else, little by little, you know, noticing, oh, here I am being afraid to host my first retreat because I'm so worried it's not going to live up to its expectations or whatever. Just being able to identify, okay, that's perfectionism holding me back or just just identifying all the places where it would show up. And I'm doing this in my journal, right? And and just constantly questioning, well, what evidence do I have that this isn't going to be good enough? Why am I beating myself up? Um, where does this come from? Is this really the ultimate truth? And then choosing again, choosing again. And it's, it takes a commitment to decide, I'm going to love myself. I'm going to believe I'm enough. Every day when I have those negative thoughts and I catch myself in a spiral of negative thinking, I'm going to stop myself. I'm going to say, you know what? I forgive myself for feeling this way. And I'm noticing I'm really beating myself up. I'm I'm ready to let this go. You know, God, universe, whatever, help me let this go. And then choosing again and choosing to feel good and choosing to put out the content that I didn't think was good enough, right? So moving through it, taking the inspired action, following through, um, you know, my, my best friend's a hypnotherapist and she always says the, um, the only way out is through. And it's so true. It's, you have to move through at some point, you have to do the thing that you're so afraid of and that will help you to gain the confidence. And it's just making that move. Absolutely. So it's so important to just give yourself that grace and move through it. I promised it was coming. After almost a year, I am back with a brand new mastermind experience. It's a five-week program to activate your highest self. Welcome to the Lifestyle Lab. Are you ready to activate a lifestyle that feels aligned with your highest self? This intuitive mastermind experience offers a strategic space to reflect experiment, and build expansive friendships for the year ahead. In this mastermind experience, come prepared to release the subconscious blocks that keep your plans small, to activate an impactful vision for the year ahead, to design a sustainable and strategic plans for achieving your goals 
to surround yourself with expansive women committed to self-growth. This is the Lifestyle Lab. If you're wondering, what is a mastermind? Masterminds are community-oriented learning experiences with the intention of providing a framework for a collective of ambitious and creative women. In this experience, you're going to make lifelong connections to aligned women like mission-driven leaders, brand founders, soul-led entrepreneurs, digital nomads, writers, and artists, as well as conscious influencers. Make this year one in which you are committed to stepping into your most vibrant and thriving self. That is what the Lifestyle Lab is all about. You'll move into this new year with ease, creating sustainable change, releasing what no longer serves you, committing to purposeful evolution, nourishing yourself by taking inspired action that's sustainable, and surrounding yourself with the most expansive collective of human beings that I could round up for you. If you're interested in the Lifestyle Lab, visit us at weewestudio.com. That's O-U-I-W-E studio.com slash lab. As a listener of this show, you know we've got a deal for you. You can get the Lifestyle Lab for $277 off. Go to weewestudio.com slash lab. Tell me a little bit about your experience in giving up makeup. I was reading about this in your book and tell me about that that process for you. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's it's you, you know when you have those things that come up where you're like, you know, I noticed one this weekend. I noticed I had a desire to not drink when I was going to a wedding. And I thought, yeah, I just, I think it'd be better if I didn't drink. I don't do super well in open bar situations. And so I noticed, I was talking to my mom about it, and I had the thought of, but I won't have fun if, I can't have fun if I don't drink. Mm-hmm. And I, I stopped and I said, but is that really true? Now, here's something, even for me, who's been teaching this for years, this thought that I've been, been telling myself this probably since I was 16 or 17 and started drinking, and it's not true at all. Actually, a lot of the time when I drink, I Sometimes I have a lot of fun, and sometimes I don't. And sometimes I have a lot of fun sober every day, most of the time, right? Because I'm not drinking every day. So it was really interesting. It's like, wow, I've been telling myself that my whole life. So with makeup, it was in the book, The Untethered Soul. Again, it was um, just suggestions for getting out of your comfort zone, doing things a little differently. And one of them was to stop, like, stop wearing makeup, like, just for a period of time, right? To just, like, reinforce that you your worth comes from within, essentially. And I thought... I could never, like, I can't even imagine. Like, I was, it just felt like, holy crap, I could never. It just was suffocating feeling, thinking about one week without makeup. And that really got me thinking, like, what is going on here? Because I knew I didn't like makeup. I always was kind of like someone who was jealous of men who don't have to do their hair. And they, like, you ever notice, like, men look so hot in, like, just a beanie and, like, (laughs) bracelet. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just have never been someone who enjoyed going to Sephora and like spending time. Like, you know, I have a lot of friends who love the artistic part of makeup and that's like fun for them. That's wonderful. But I was, that was never me. I was always someone who thought this is a necessary evil. We just have to, I have to wear makeup. I'm not pretty enough to not wear it. So it's just something I have to do. And so at that, at this time of like reading that book and, and, you know, I was journaling, I'm like realizing I don't even like makeup. Is it really true that I have to wear it? But I, I still was like, but I'm not going to be pretty enough. And that, you know, was important. So I said I could go one week. And it was a pretty quick shift. You know, I was really, really, really uncomfortable for a few days. 
<laughs> and then, but I was, you know, at that time, I was pretty well versed in noticing the, the, the discomfort thought, right? A heightened self-awareness, noticing the thoughts that say, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I'm not wearing makeup. I, I'm the only person here without it. And just saying like, okay, I'm going to let this go. And let's come back to the present moment. And I'm okay, right? So it was e every time now that I do something like this, it's easier and easier because I'm, I'm, it's like, a like, I know now that like thoughts aren't facts. You know what I mean? Once mm. you know thoughts aren't facts, then you can catch those thoughts and say, is that really true? Versus them just always feeling true. So after I got through the week, I thought, I really, I really don't feel like taking my mascara off at the end of the night again, or whatever. So I just stopped wearing it. And I, I always figured I would start wearing it again. Um, I still might start wearing it again. You never know. And I'm open to that. Like I'm open to having seasons in life. I used to beat myself up so much about being really into one way of dressing for a season and then having a season where I'm into this. And now I'm just like, I have seasons and that's okay. This is life. This is planet earth. There are seasons, right? So um, maybe I'll start wearing it again, but it's just really interesting because I mean, I was really attached to the idea that I couldn't survive without it. And then I was fine. <laughs> and then you were fine. And isn't it wild that our brains do that to us? And as yeah. women, there is this perfectionism that we it gets so rooted in us. And as a recovering perfectionist, both you and I had that experience. And then moving through what that experience must have been like, letting go of makeup, and then also considering the narrative around aging as women, we are constantly pressured, whether it's through the ads that we're seeing, whether it's through when we do walk through Sephora, the packaging on bottles, there's this like, don't age, anti-age, you can't age, you won't be irrelevant if you age. Tell me a little bit about your mind reframe around aging and some of the practices that you're doing and breathwork, especially to support the aging process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think fuck all of that. I think it is just so silly that in our culture, so specifically, we resist something that is inevitable and, and beautiful. And yeah, so you know, the first person I ever heard talk about this was Amanda Francis. I don't know if you are familiar with her or not. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I think I heard her, it was years ago, I think I heard her talk about how like, it, it might have been embracing aging or something. It just, just one thing she said made me think, huh, there's more than one way to think about aging. And, um, you know, you and I are both very young, right? Like, in, in my mind, very young. I'll take although, it. Yes, we are. <laughs> to a 17-year-old, we might be very old, actual grown-ups doing an actual grown-up thing. Um, what do they yeah. know? <laughs> so I just think there's different ways to think about everything. And there are many cultures where people who are old are considered wise and revered. And, you know, there's it's just so it's so different in our culture. And I think it's just we get to decide how we want to view it. And I do not believe that certain things happen at certain ages. Like, I don't think you turn 30 and suddenly you have aches and pains. I don't think you turn 40 and suddenly you can't lose weight. Like, I just think that stuff is bullshit. And our brain is going to latch on to our beliefs, of course, and then show them to us in our reality. But with, um, in terms of health, you know, 
I, I like to have clear skin. I like I like my skin looking pretty. I like to get facials, right? Um, I like to use sunscreen to protect my skin. Like I do, I do desire to maintain a youthful radiance, and I believe that I will. Um, I eat really healthy. I drink a lot of water. I eat fruits and vegetables. These are all things that help you prevent aging, right? Putting that in quotes because it's like I don't think there's anything wrong with like having gray hair and wrinkles and whatever. I will embrace the hell out of that, but. I also think like it's we don't have to have an extreme with things, right? Like you can yeah. have a life where you choose to do certain things to maintain your skin. And it doesn't mean that you like have to be begrudging getting older. So um, breath work is something that I that I use as an anti-aging tool in the sense that and again, like the anti-aging is like not the best term, but it helps you maintain youthfulness in terms of yeah. energy and um it, you know, strengthens your lungs, which is a huge marker for longevity in your life, in your your health. So feeling healthy, feeling vibrant, feeling energized are associated with feeling younger, right? So we'll use that example. But um, it also helps with your skin. And I think that's awesome. I think that's a great perk yeah, to doing breath work. Right? It's such a good perk. And it that that vitality and that glow, it's not about being exactly like you said, it's not about being anti-anything. It's just about, this is how I want to feel. And I can feel this way throughout my life. Even if I develop some wrinkles and have some gray hairs, I can still feel this vitality and this youthfulness for the duration of life. And these practices help with that. Yeah. And I do think that the way we, the way we talk to ourselves is super important, you know? Um, my parents are a really good example of this. I mean, they've made a lot of practical choices to protect their health, but they look so much younger than they actually are. And they're so, so healthy. My dad's in his 70s and is not on a single medication. Like, they're just like, they've chosen to eat really healthy. They've chosen to exercise. But I've also noticed their whole lives, at least since I've known them my whole life, they they believe they're healthy people. Mm-hmm. And they've been reinforcing that into their minds this whole time. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, there, it does a lot the way you speak to yourself and you can be embracing, like, I have a belief that every year my, my boobs get perkier. I just believe that. I, I tell love myself that, that I expect it. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it super important? Like, it's not like a cell. It's not like you, if you, if you care about that, then you're attaching your self-worth to that. Like, I think you can have both. I think you can have your self-worth be, be so rooted in everything internal and your soul and your higher self and not be attached to physical material things, but also enjoy and enjoy that world and play in the 3D world and have those fun experiences. Mm, Yeah. So, so juicy. So let's talk about creating new neural pathways. That's much of what you're speaking about is beginning to shift the mindset in a way that it actually rewires what we believe to be possible and how, how we exist. So what are some of the processes for starting to create new neural pathways? Yeah, well, I think it all starts with having a heightened sense of the heightened self-awareness, you know, so even even like, yeah, so like getting really grounded, meditation and breath work, um, yoga, journaling, things like that to just make you feel really grounded, getting yourself into a present place on a daily basis And that way you can start to notice when the negative thoughts come in or positive thoughts. You just notice your thoughts. You become self-aware. So you can say, oh, okay, well, this is the pattern that's playing out. These are the thoughts I have around wealth or whatever the things are. 
And from there, you get to choose again. And I do think every time we choose again, every time we get to a point where we can laugh at a limiting belief, that's something I always have like a goal with my clients is like, okay, let's get to a point where we can laugh at this belief when it comes up. And that's how you'll know we've moved on, right? And you're, you're creating neural pathways, new neural pathways through that. Um, I also think journaling is a huge tool for it. I also love EFT tapping. Are you a fan mm-hmm. of tapping? Yeah, I love tapping. And it's it's mm-hmm. made a really big difference for me. I'll tell you a quick story about my discovery of EFT tapping. I was having, I was, I'm quite an empath and I was having an experience where every time I went to travel, which is often every time I got on a plane, I was... I was taking on everyone else's energy on the plane and I was feeling like in very serious senses of fear. And I know a lot of folks have fear, a fear of flying, but it was something that I hadn't had. And then it came on and it, I couldn't, I couldn't get rid of it. It was just like really taking me down. And so I did some work with my therapist around EMDR, which was super helpful. And then she introduced me to tapping. And so now every night before I have a flight, I do a tapping ritual. When I In the morning before I go to the airport, I do a tapping ritual. When I get to the airport, I do a little round of tapping and I get on the plane. And if I'm feeling at any, like any sense of that coming on, I'm the I'm the weirdo on the plane, like tapping it out while I'm sitting in my plane seat. But it makes an incredible difference. Yeah, it's so, so, so good. I feel like that's like such a great tool for shifting that and for for creating those new pathways. And yeah, I love tapping. So, so good. Tell me a little bit about your process for staying out of resistance. You say that when we stop resisting life as it is, we can truly start to enjoy it. So how do we begin to do that? Yeah. So it's, again, it starts with that heightened self-awareness that you can notice the resistance. Resistance can look like a lot of things. A really good example for, for most people, most people love that are listening to this have probably at some point like tried to go to the gym. And for most people, that was a struggle at first, right? Because your mind says, well, I'm going to start next Monday. Or yeah, mm-hmm. but I already ate this cookie. So like, what's even the point, right? Like those are excuses. It's very easy to notice someone else's excuses, right? But it's very difficult to, to notice our own thoughts as excuses. So when you heighten your self-awareness by becoming present, um, then you can notice those thoughts and say, wait a second, like, that's maybe not true. That's an excuse, right? And so excuses and resistance are basically the same thing. For for anyone who's tried meditating, probably in the beginning, you had resistance. You yeah. were sitting there and your mind was going, this is a waste of time. I can't even believe it. I, like, this is so stupid. Whatever it is, right? I don't have time. I don't have time is the ultimate excuse that we love to make. It's like one of the biggest <laughs> ones. Yes. So... Okay, so now we know that excuses and, and resistance are the same thing. So starting to notice those and noticing like, okay, I just had this inspired idea to go up to this person and talk to them or write a letter to this person asking for this opportunity. Or if you're in, if you're in the business world, make this post that's a little edgy and says this or that. And then becomes fear. And then comes, yeah, but if I do that, or well, wasn't I going to do this other thing, Right excuses, resistance comes through. And so the first step is really noticing it, catching it in those moments and saying, huh, I'm feeling resistance to this. I'm feeling afraid. I'm feeling like there's an excuse coming up. Why am I feel like what? Why am I feeling this way? Where did this come from? You can dig into it or you can simply say, I forgive this, right? 
I love to just like put my hand on my heart and say, you know what? I'm noticing I have a lot of fear around this. I'm noticing I'm having a lot of excuses come up. I'm willing to move through this and take my inspired action anyways. And just, it just, it's just one of those things where it gets easier and easier and easier and you get in the habit. Like we can create new habits for our lives where we have that self-awareness and notice those Mm -hmm. things and move through them. Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's one of my favorite books about resistance is the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. And one of the things he talks a lot about, I actually read that book every time I have a big creative project, it's a really quick and easy read. But one of the things he talks about is that he, he really personifies resistance. So it's like this thing that's coming into the room and attempting to, to basically take you off your path, to stop you from doing the thing that is moving you towards your highest purpose. And he speaks about it from the standpoint of being a writer, which he is. And he's written many, many very um, successful, highly acclaimed books. And one of the practices that he talks about is just show up and do your work. Just show up and do the work. And it doesn't mean you're not, the resistance isn't still standing in the room, like hovering over you. But when you show up and do the work, you start to retrain your mind, yourself, your body to go through the process every single day. And when you start going through that process every day, eventually resistance is like, well, this is boring. I don't want to hang out here and just watch you do your work. So I'm going to leave and let leave you to it. And I love that idea of even when you're feeling like you're not up for it, even when it's like the resistance is hanging out and like right in your face, just do the work and see what see what happens on the other side of that. And eventually you'll start to release that along the way. Mm. Yeah. The only way out is through. <laughs> so, so true. Tell me a little bit about the podcast, Bare Naked Soul. Tell us, tell us all about the show. Yeah. Yes. One thing I have to say though, cause that book sounds really good and I, I definitely want to order it, but have you read Big Magic? Because I oh, feel yeah. like they might be similar. Yeah. Are they, they similar? Those, they're like, they're like soul sister books, truly. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I love that. I can't wait to read that book then. Um, yeah. So Bare Naked Soul, we have some fabulous guests, including yourself, Andy. Um, so we do, we talk all about manifestation, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and alternative health. Um, so those are kind of the big topics we cover really big on just having real raw conversations, you know, sometimes about topics that you aren't supposed to talk about. Right. Um, and just releasing shame around those things. Yeah. Oh, Leah, this has been such a treat to get to spend this time with you. So tell folks where they can find you, where they can find the show and all of your other goodness. Yeah, absolutely. This has been so fun. Um, I especially love when I've already, you know, you and I've already had a conversation yeah. on my podcast. We've already have that connection, which is so nice. Um, yeah, so my show Bare Naked Soul is everywhere that you can listen to podcasts pretty much. Um, and then I'm on Instagram. It's Leah Party. My website's leahparty.com. You can pretty much type my name in anywhere and you'll find something that I've Perfect. created. <laughs> Thanks so much, Leah. Thanks for joining me. It's been such a joy to get to see you again. I can't wait to continue to follow along on all the magic you're creating. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much. 
Thank you so much for being here for today's episode. We are going to be taking a very short holiday break. We've got two more weeks of episodes coming for you. Both of those will be solo episodes. And then we are taking a little holiday break and then coming back for season three. If you've loved this episode, please pass it on to a friend who could use a little extra support during this season. And go ahead and post it on your social media too and tag us at your woo woo BFF. If you haven't yet done so, as always, it makes my day when you leave us a review. If you believe we've earned five stars, go ahead and drop down onto your phone, whatever platform you are listening to this show on, drop those five stars and then send me a message and let me know you've done it so we can celebrate together. I will see you again next week. Much love. Happy holiday season. Until then.